You are listening to the Choose Your Struggle Podcast, a member of the Shameless Podcast Network. Nobody knows your mission better than you, but sometimes you need someone to help you move the ball downfield. Whether by telling your story a little bit better, creating a fundraising strategy, engaging stakeholders, or improving culture. That's where I come in. I'll bring a combined decade's worth of experience in nonprofits, consulting, and politics to help your organization reach the next level. I practice an internal growth model, which means I work with your team to make strategic improvements using your existing strengths. So if you're ready to take that next step, reach out. You can find me at my website, jshiftman.com, and I can't wait to hear from you. Welcome back to a Monday motivation episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. Last week, I started with a moment of silence. Uh, I had no ad on the way in, no theme song, nothing. I just wanted the subject matter discussing bigotry and hatred to be the focus. And I think that went over importantly, it went over well. So we're going to talk about the flip side of that. Not the flip side. That's not that's not the right way to put that. The other uh, variable at play in that incident in Atlanta. Um, now, before we do that, there's been another shooting uh, since the Atlanta atrocity. And, of course, uh, there's been a lot of talk, mostly on social media, because, you know, the, the main news organizations won't talk about this kind of thing. But about how it's not surprising that the, that our country is opening back up again and, and how do we mark that here in this country? Shootings. Um, there's now, you know, we're, we're back to one a week. Um, in, in some cases, less than that. You know, these are the, the, the headline-getting shootings are happening once a week, but we're getting, you know, what would qualify as mass shootings pretty much multi-times, multiple times a week. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's really sad and really... Uh, you know, it, it <laughs> the Onion does that thing where every time there's another one of these, they post the same article that they've done now since 2014, and it's the headline is "No way to stop this," says nation where only nation where this happens, and, and they've it's it's become commentary how often they're posting that that article. Um, you know, I think it's really important to say that. As much as I don't ever want to be one of those guys like, fuck the news, because that's not at all. It, there is a hand in this that that they allow um, disingenuous sort of comparisons to be made. This is something Alex and I talked about, right, where, you know, Joe Biden said he couldn't erase student debt because that money had to go somewhere more important. And the news kind of just takes him for his word on that, as opposed to being like, so this is what Joe Biden said. By the way, here's the military budget, which is billions, right? We had enough. We had literal billions to spend on a failed military experiment to create a more deadly airplane. Like that was real. That That's not a conspiracy theory. That was such a big news story. The news actually covered that one. Billions, literal billions. And yet we're debating whether we can afford to pay off student debt, which would be a million dollar expenditure, you know, multi-million dollar expenditure. So um, making sure that we highlight those sorts of things where it's like uh, that's a false, you know, false narrative there. Right. Um, and, and, and in this case, why is it that we allow this conversation to be the 
you know, Second Amendment folks versus people who want gun control when there's so much middle ground. Now, I personally would love for guns to be gone. I've said that multiple times. I am not a gun owner. I will never be a gun owner. I think that we don't need them. I, I just don't get this. I, other countries don't have this problem because they don't have guns. Uh, you know, there's there's uh, there was an article I was reading in the Times yesterday uh, about how uh, the UK got rid of policemen carrying guns, and there's been there were there's been less deaths in the UK by policemen's hands since 2000 than were in the US in a single month. Right, like it's just it's just remarkable, you know. Um, and, and the fact is, other places do this well, and we keep this this false narrative of of you know, well, it's either all or nothing. And I want there to be nothing. But that's being said, that's not a reality. Our, our founders, the, the people that they were, wrote that into our Constitution, so it's not going anywhere. That being said, there are ways to you know, get get the get rid of this issue. And and, and part of that is saying it, it, it's 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 small things, you know, it's little things that can be done, like raising taxes on guns. Right. This actually has been done before. Read about the 1934 Gun Act or whatever it was called. Really, really interesting. So anyway, that is a complete aside to to what this this episode today is about. But all I'm saying is we should be having these conversations instead of allowing it to be an all or nothing situation, right? So today's conversation is following up on last week's, which is, um, you know, talking about the shooting in Atlanta. And, and, and we focused on the, the bigotry and racism that, that was uh, a major part of that shooting last week in last week's episode but this week I want to focus on the other part of this which is that the shooter claimed that his main motivation was sex addiction now very quickly because this needs to be said sex addiction is very real it's very real um and and the fact that there are still people saying that it isn't uh, that's on them right this is real it's real and porn addiction is very real. It's a very real thing. Also, a couple more clarifications before I really get into my point here. I am not saying all pornography is good. <laughs> I am not saying that. There's a lot of harmful porn out there. And there is very harmful uh, outcomes of watching too much porn, right? I mean, we've seen this. You know, Especially young men growing up to think that that is what sex is. That's a problem. Um, young women being having this idea of that's how they have to act for men is that's a problem. You know, men who become so hooked on porn that they choose it over real life. That is porn addiction. That's very real. Now, with all of that said, there was another narrative at play here that is finally getting some notice. And I applaud the New York Times for doing an entire article about this um, in, in other places, too. But the, the Times was a sort of front page news. There is a remarkable rise in the amount of young Christian men who claim sex and porn addiction. And I was talking to a buddy of mine yesterday who who comes from a very religious background, used to be a youth pastor and all that. 
and he talked about this issue too because you know you have these preachers and and this article talks about it how this guy's preacher specifically it not long ago in his sermon focused on how all porn is a problem all sex outside of marriage is a problem. And then a couple weeks later, this guy goes and commits this atrocity. He was under the assumption that these very normal things, looking at porn, you know, having desires for sex, which is a literally an animalistic piece of ourselves, was a problem in itself because his religion told him that. That is extremism. That is extremism. So why is it that you have all of these young Christian men saying that they're porn addicts or they're sex addicts? It's because when you raise the threshold for what can constitute a problem, you're going to catch more people. And I deal with this a lot in the, the drug uh, the, 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 the people who think that they have drug addiction or substance misuse. Um, and, and it's because in so many places and so many cultures, especially down here in the South, any use is going to be called an addiction or any use is going to be called a misuse because they do not accept that you can use drugs safely. And so in that environment, you have a lot of people. I've had people reach out to me to tell me that they think that their their kid, mostly actually all times their son, has a drug addiction. And like, well, what is you know what? Why do you think that? Well, he smokes weed, and you know, I mean, is he smoking all day every day? Does he smoke before he goes to school and his grades are like? Tell me why. And it's like, nope, he just he just because he smokes weed. Well, that's not addiction. That's not even misuse. That is use. And so you take that to this topic of sex addiction and in, in, in porn addiction. And the same point can be made if you have people telling you that any use of porn or any sex besides for procreation in marriage constitutes a problem, then you're going to think you have a problem. And that's why so many young, mostly young men, but also young women, believe they have a porn addiction or a sex addiction and they do not and it's because their leaders their parents whoever are telling them that these very normal these very natural feelings and desires are instead an issue so you know there are plenty of studies that have shown that there are higher rates of um quote-unquote sex addiction and, and porn addiction in Christian societies, and it's not because these people are repressing feelings. It's because they're doing what everyone else would be perfectly okay with, and they're being told it's a problem. Now, it's not just Christians. I should say that. It's also, you know, you're seeing this in observant Jewish societies, observant Muslim Islamic circles. It's a problem in more observant religious circles. So, then we, of course, get into the, the racism issue of why did he choose, you know, these places? And, of course, there that race was a play there um, because, you know, there, there is this oversexification. That's not the right word, but I'm going to use it of Asian women, of course. And, uh, you know, why is it that in our society, you know, those places typically skirt under the radar or at least get by, whereas, you know, other forms of sex work are clamped down on? That's a much deeper discussion. But 
he identified the cause as sex addiction when in reality it was a very normal interest in sex that was qualified as addiction by his society. That's a problem. That is a big problem. And I don't know the answer there. I'm not I'm not in those circles. I am not, you know, incredibly religious. I don't uh, talk to a lot of people who are in those uh, worlds. Um, I've had people want to get on this show and talk about their sex addiction, their porn addiction. And to a person, they've all been people who told me that their addiction was, you know, because of not because of the church, like they knew they had an addiction because they were told that by their church. And some of these people have that awareness to be like, I don't know if I actually did. Most of them are like, nope, I've stopped looking at porn. I'm cured. And it's like, no, (laughs) you weren't an addict. You may have had a uh, you may have struggled. In fact, I will definitely agree that you struggled with it. That being said, not all struggles are addictions, and just because your leaders told you that, that that doesn't mean you did. So um, there's no answer here. There isn't. That's not the point of this, and that's not the point of most Monday episodes. I want to hear from you. Are you in these circles? Do you disagree? Do you think any use is bad? And if that's your case, boy, you're going to have to convince me because um, I I don't agree. So uh, reach out, please. I would love to hear from you. Also, keep doing the giveaway. Again, the big six, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Follow them. Send me a message. Tell me that you followed me or if you don't have one of those and you'll be entered to win. Keep checking out the sponsors and, you know, as always, choose your struggle.